Good evening. Welcome to Basement Side. I'm your host, Deeg, also known as Greg, here with my friend Davis, also known as Lateral Lulls, also known as Dan, the number one ranked diabolical dueler as of the end of the closed beta. How are you this evening, my friend? I feel like the number one ranked closed beta diabolical dueler. How are you doing? Pretty good. How's that feel? Um, kind of surprising to be honest with you. Didn't think it was gonna happen, but the I guess the points ended up going in my favor. So it was it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah, and it's quite the crown to wear. Being the the number one uh duel is one of the more difficult things to do in video games, I think. So for those who don't know, Diabotical is an arena shooter, first person shooter. Um it's not about immersion, it's not about story, it's all about skilled esports play. And Dan here is is a <laughs> an esports athlete. At least of all the people I know, you're the closest to one. <laughs> Before uh, you got into Diabotical, you have been uh, a long time. Um, I think would you say semi professional Quake dueler? Um, uh, semi professional in a scene as small as Quake feels um a little strong. But either way, I definitely played at that level. I would um I would say so. Yeah. And going from Quake coming to Diabotical, climbing the ladder in closed beta, which, how long was the ladder open for you guys? Like a week, two weeks? Uh, I think it was just that tail end of that last, uh, the last weekend is all the ladder was open. The, during the week, the week before, I'm pretty sure when they kept it up, I think it was just Wipeout and Arena. Oh, sure. So there was the week uh, ahead of the fourth beta weekend, right? where yes, yep. they were planning to close down for the week because they were giving all the devs time to catch up on the feedback from the weekend, implement it for the next weekend. But because of the pandemic, because of the Rona going around, uh, the, the, the the two good studio uh, kind of shut down for the week and they were like, hey, might as well keep the servers open for you guys, which I thought was awesome because I fucking love Diabotical. It, um, as someone who's coming from my side, more the casual side of things, someone who's always enjoyed Quake, but kind of finds dueling to be a little intimidating and maybe the grind to get good at it is a little too long for me. But there's so many fun other modes in Diabotical and so much obviously going for it that's not just about sheer sweaty dueling competition. Um, I hope it attracts a lot of people. What's your impression of how the closed beta went in general? Um, I'd say it went pretty, pretty, pretty well, honestly, uh, from social media presence to just overall um, impressions of the game from everybody I saw who, whether they were Apex, Overwatch, early Quake players, or whatever the case may be, it seemed that at the very least, everybody pretty much understood that it ran very well. Nobody seemed to have very many performance issues yeah. and that it felt like a very genuine um, aiming experience, which is what a lot of the uh, the newer cats kind of said. It was kind of like an aim trainer on crack to them. For real. Yeah, I think one of the really fun technical trivia bits about this game is that it runs the the aiming thread on, on its own completely separate thread from the rest of the game. So it doesn't matter how it performs, aiming is going to be precise. Yes, your your input in Diabolical is second to honestly none at this point. I don't know if there's a, another game out there that feels as good. Yeah, I've never heard of any other game doing that. I think it's the only one that's that's taken that much, uh, paid that much attention to being completely accurate for hand to movement. Well, I guess it's the benefit of having someone like too good at the helm of it, who is a former professional player himself, and he knows, you know, he knows what our competitive players are going to look for and are going to need in order to uh, play it at the absolute highest level. Yeah, and you know, I've one of the most fun things for me after having jumped in and experienced Diabotical, um, and and kind of refreshing that old style of of Quake Arena play is then after playing, going back and watching some of the interviews with, with James and finding out about his philosophy of the game um, and kind of the journey towards getting there. One of the, the more interesting and um, salient to what you just said, uh, points that I heard him make, is that basically he's been a pro player with a pro perspective on video games, trying to talk to developers about the way games could be better suited towards professional competition for years. And the experience he seems to have had is that um, devs put him on a list of professionals to talk to when they need advice that they then never contact. They kind of give him the, the brush off. So he just yeah. said, uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to make it myself. 
which is what he did. And I think, um, I think in the future, a lot of people will take the experience of Diabolical and kind of learn from it and implement a lot of the things that they're doing. Um, as you know, because it's kind of it's. I feel like esports is really kind of coming to in its own. Um, this like these next couple of years, I feel like it's going to be bigger than it's ever been. And something like this, I think, will be looked at um, as being ahead of its time slightly. Yeah, it definitely seems to be pushing the envelope forward on a lot of things. Um, it obviously has a good idea of how it wants to do monetization. We'll talk about that later. Um, it has a very distinct art style. I mean, I should say, not distinct. Uh, I, a very deliberate art style, which is very deliberately different from Quake. Um, we talked about that a little bit the last time we talked Diabotical, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, no grim, dark, sci-fi horror castles anymore. That's right. That's right. We're uh, we're fragging in bright open areas. And it's nice on the eyes too. I gotta say, I jumped back into Quake a little bit last night just because I've been I've been missing that arena after the the closed beta died down, and um, I just uh, <laughs> I was really feeling exactly what you were saying about it. Just uh, it it it's it's nice to be in a brightly colored, high contrast version of Quake, where um it, all the visuals are super clear and um. It's just, uh, it, it feels, I don't know, a little inviting, perhaps? Oh, it feels warmer to be in, I would say. Um, I've, I'm in the same boat as you now that Diabolical's been down. I've been playing a lot of Quake Champions and Quake Live again. And Quake Live isn't nearly as bad of an offender in that regard. But while Quake Champions nailed the art style of Quake to a T, like, honestly, the art design of that game is phenomenal. It is, um, to use your words, not particularly inviting environment to be in. All the time, although it is it is well done for what it is. It's very authentic to the legacy of Quake. And, Absolutely. You know, Quake One, the soundtrack by Trent Reznor, with those dark, gritty metal and brown visuals. I mean, um, I think it's it's really nice to see Arena kind of <laughs> uh, give us a contender with a different art style, um, if nothing else. But Diabacle does so much else that's different, and that's one of the things that really has really captured me about it. But I want to get back to talking to you a little bit about um, the dueling experience, especially as someone coming from Quake and Quake Live and Quake Champions and going into Diabotical. Can you tell me a little bit about, number one, what classic Quake duel looks like? Number two, how Quake Champions interpreted that? And number three, what Diabotical is doing differently? All right. Well, the classic uh, Quake experience for duel is... is um... It's basically a two-person free-for-all, no power-ups. Um, you collect items, you fight each other, whoever has the most frags wins. The rules are super-duper simple. There is a set time limit, and whoever has the most frags wins within that time limit. If an overtime needs to happen, um, it's kind of varied throughout the, the years, but it's either sudden death or an additional two minutes on the clock, and then the same rules apply. Whoever has the most frags at the end of the extended time wins. Um, other than that, honestly, there's there's um, minute differences in timings, whether it's 25 seconds in Quake 3 or 20 seconds um, in Quake 1 for uh -huh. armors. Um, the Mega Health has a different timer. There's there's little subtle differences, but the core the core gameplay, the time limit, and the frags is on has honestly been unchanged since um, Quake 1. The only thing that's happened over the years is the timer has gotten shorter. So we started at I think. It was either 30 minutes or 20 minutes way back in the day. That and then is it so went to long. 15. I know, wow. absurdly long. Went to 15, and then in Quake Live, they standardized it at 10, which seems to be holding for um, both private tournaments and for, um, although on the Diabolical Ladder, it was 12. But as a general overview, that's, I mean, you really can't get much simpler than that. The depth huh. from, of the gameplay comes from learning all the maps and knowing what fights you can and can't take, and et cetera, and et cetera. But at a very base level, that's your classic Quake gameplay. Um, Champions, at least referring specifically to Time Limit Duel, really hasn't done anything to alter that other than the fact that there are champions in the game. So you have an additional set of skills you can yeah, use. Yeah, the hero to... abilities. Although right, right. For League of Legends. But other, otherwise, though, from a, from a strictly rule set kind of viewpoint, Quake Champions really doesn't alter the Time Limit Duel few, uh, formula at all. Diabotical alters it with two major um, rule set changes, which is for every frag that you are in the lead above your opponent, you get 20 seconds shaved off the clock. 
um, which oh. shortens the game if you're snowballing someone. Or it's kind of a mercy mechanic. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, and I really like it because it goes back and forth. So in a really, really close game, you'll shave off a couple, you know, you shave off 40 seconds, and then they'll earn it back. So your time limit really doesn't matter that much in a really close game. It'll be it'll be whatever your set standard is. So 20 the seconds other, times 10 minutes, uh, into 10 minutes, that's what, 30 frags? I've had, yeah, I've had, I've had games end at like seven, seven minutes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's that's like as quick as I can get a game to end, and I'm sure there are people you know that who could snowball it faster. It, uh-huh. it 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 shortens the game to almost half sometimes, or at least it feels like it. That's good because if, other... if it's really one sided, then you kind of want to move on to the next experience. Both players do. I would well, think. yeah, yeah, because the the player who's doing the snowballing is not really it's not proper practice because you're just so much above your opponent, and then obviously the guy who's getting beat on is not having a good time. It's um, it's definitely designed to get it over and done with, and boom, just get it out of the way. Makes sense. And as far as the power-ups go, it's mostly the same stuff in Diabotical. Is that right, or is it different stuff? With like, well, I mean, there's it, there's so still like what are the power-ups? There's yellow there's, armor. Yeah, there's the two armor types, heavy and light, I guess. There's the mega health, right? Mm-hmm. And um big power-ups like quad damage and that kind of stuff that doesn't exist in duel correct no 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 power-ups like that in duel mode. right right because one of the things i've noticed with diabotical in the the non-dual modes is that they seem to have um opened a wider set of um of power-ups for people to play with other than just the, the traditional quad damage and um i guess i guess quake champions had a protection power-up too i'm yeah, not sure the remember protection... that right it was um it was a variation of the battle suit from Quake Three, uh, same okay. principle, but it like halves the damage. Coming. Right, right. So dueling, um, you have spent a lot of time in all three of the games we've been talking about, um, Quake Live, Quake Champions, Diabotical, dueling. What's your favorite dueling experience in 2020 right now? Um, I love Diabotical for the week or so i got to do it um i would probably have to say just for in terms of pure longevity it'd have to be quake live i've spent by far the most amount of time dueling in quake live and it's still one of the fairest um dueling experiences i've ever had so Hmm. i'd have to give the nod to quake live but with diabolical being released later this year that'll probably change you know within four or five months from now so you think it's just a matter of just kind of getting used to it and learning how to get the most out of it for you in terms of enjoyment? Or has it got to do with the design? Okay. With Diabotical over Quake Live? Or yeah, I'm Quake just curious, Live over Diabotical? What is it about Quake Live dueling that you think is better than Diabotical dueling right now? Um, Quake Live has a very standardized map pool. The things that make Quake Quake Live better than uh, Diabotical for dueling right now are just because it's been around for so long. So it has a very deep and varied map pool that you could honestly yeah. host a multitude of tournaments. It's very well developed as a competitive uh, Yeah, scene. it's it's very finalized. Quake Live is very like what works and what doesn't and how good you have to be are very like it's very set in stone and I very much appreciate that about Quake Live because well, it's good for competition. It rewards exactly, yeah, yeah. It rewards the experience of playing and I've spent so long playing it that it's it's it will always be rewarding to play that game to me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that man. Um and my understanding is that a lot of other uh Quake players feel kind of the same way you do. Um are you generally within within your the Quake scene? You other friends you have, people you duel with and compete against. Um, are you seeing generally a favorable opinion of diabotical and diabotical dueling, or are people kind of waiting and seeing? Um, among Quake players, I think it's pretty universal that diabotical is pretty well loved. It's honestly the successor that we've been dreaming of for years. It was made by one of our own former professional players. I mean, honestly, there are very, very few Quake players I think I've talked to at all who disliked. That's pretty incredible. That's quite an achievement. I mean, I kind of feel like just getting Quake right with a new skin on it and doing new... One of the cooler things about Diabotical, I think, isn't just just that it copies Quake, because there have been other Quake copies over the last years, uh, last few years, but it did it with a high level of polish, and it added stuff to it that didn't make it not quake. Oh, absolutely. It's it's an incredibly well thought out um um variations on what has worked and what doesn't. 
And as far as Arena FPS goes, it's, I mean, honestly, there's you couldn't ask for a more um, um, capable person at the helm because, like I said, coming from the high ranks of Quake way back in the day, I mean, they know, you know, too good knows, and he knows how to direct the way the game is going to be developed to, to make it to what, like I said, if you're a Quake fan at all in any way, I don't see how you could not like Diabolical. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Everyone I talk to likes it. I haven't heard anyone be critical of it, at least not in general. And people can nitpick at things like how the lightning gun feels, shit like that. Um, Rockets, right, I know, no. was a moving target in terms of what people felt about it during the beta. Yeah, they said a lot of people didn't like the bounce. I love the Rockets, but I'm a Rocket player, so I'm very biased yep. on that. Yep. Love me some Rockets, too. So in terms of the way that the beta was structured, where they were doing weekends on, weeks off, how did you feel that went? Was that good? Um, I think having it just during the weekends definitely helped kind of build up a little bit of hype around it. And then yeah. um, I can tell you that leaving it up for a week and letting us play through the weekend and now cutting it off um, has left a lot of people really, really hungry for more. Yeah. So I think they, I, I'm pretty sure they played their cards right. They gathered a lot of information and I expect that it will go very, very well for them. So during this beta, we obviously got dual. Well, that didn't. That wasn't there immediately. They brought it in like halfway through, I think, and they opened up the ranked ladder only at the very end. Um, how many ranked games did you manage to get in on on duels before uh, before a shop closed up? Do you remember? Ooh, right around just a hair under thirty, maybe twenty eight, twenty nine, somewhere in there. Man, and that was just in a weekend. Yeah, pretty much all <laughs> I did that weekend. <laughs> That's some serious poop socking. <laughs> how to get it done? Was it was it very close? Like, did you have good competition? Um, I had a couple games that were really lopsided. Um, I did have in my placement games. I actually lost two games. I lost to a player named Jewel Bars and a player named Necrophagist, both of whom are very very good Quake Live duelers. Uh -huh. Um, and other than that, though, I I lost to Jellisac once. So of the twenty eight games I played, I lost three. I lost to Jellisac, Jewel Bars, and Necro. But everybody else I played, I beat. Um, I did have some close games. There were definitely some games where control was contested. The scores were close. But um, I was really focused. And Diabotical, honestly, for the closed beta weekend that I was playing, really, really suited how I like to play Arena FPS. How's that? Um, very rocket-oriented. Um, I could yeah. definitely do a lot more aggressive things with rockets that it would be significantly harder to do in Quake Champions or Quake Live. So a lot of... Uh, the fighting style that I developed kind of from playing soldier and TFC got to show through that weekend. And I got to exploit that fact. Yeah. For those who don't know, TFC team fortress, classic, a mod for half-life one, uh, Dan and I played the shit out of it like 10 to 15 years ago. And one of the main, in my opinion, the superior class was the soldier, which is based on the rocket launcher and rocket jumping, etc. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you on the rockets. I, I think I read a post in the beta wrap-up. Let's see, what what did we say about Rockets? I thought I had a note about it, but maybe I don't. Oh, no, here it is. Um, Weapon balance. Netcode is client-side. Rockets are too strong and bouncy. Once there are changes to the netcode, it will be possible to balance them. What's going on with the netcode? Uh, the netcode that we played on for the closed beta was kind of like a placeholder kind of thing. Okay. The actual full-blown netcode hasn't, we, as far as I'm aware, we have not got to play with it yet at all. I know it wasn't present in the alpha at all, and they took alpha access also, so nobody's playing anything right now. Um, so the next time we get the opportunity to play, I'm assuming we'll get to test out a more refined version. Um, but they're, they're, the from what I understood from in the alpha was they, they were working on a lot of different things as far as like collision and all that. And it's all tied into this, this kind of amorphous term net code. So all of that's getting worked on. So what we were playing on this closed beta, I don't think we will be playing on again. Okay. Yeah. Net code's an important one. Um, it does so many different things. Like it picks winners when there are close, close battles, like aim duels. It, um, it determines obviously how rockets feel. I was very interested to hear that they weren't going to touch rockets until the netcode had been fixed. It's kind of a cart before the horse type thing, which I, I didn't realize when I was thinking about it. Um, being a rocket enthusiast myself, I loved how great they felt. Um, 
how do you feel about uh, the announced intention to um, bring him down and make him less bouncy, though? Oh, it's probably inevitable. Most people don't like playing against super duper strong rockets in games. It's kind of it's kind of a, a more old school thing to have rockets be overpowered. That's a Quake One thing, a Quake Two even, except they're a lot slower in Quake Two. But I digress. Um, so I'm not I'm not all that surprised. I think uh-huh. they're still going to be a lot more viable than they are in other arena FPS games, just because of the nature of the dash mechanic and just kind of the overall speed of the game. Right, the dash. That was another thing that um, that James mentioned that they were going to be playing with. Um, he said the dodge mechanic is a bit too powerful for experienced players, which is making the game a lot faster than intended. If its power ends up decreased a lot in the future, then it might become possible to fire while doing it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so for those who haven't played it, the dash mechanic is... Um, was My understanding of it when it was pitched to me is that it's there to give new players an easy way to get up to full, to full speed without circle jumping. Circle jumping being a well-loved and cherished uh, technique of, of jumping and moving and, and positioning your mouse hand to essentially accelerate as fast as possible. So instead of circle jumping, newbies can just press dash and they can get started on a, a body hop, essentially, just, which is just a series of jumps that make you run fast, move fast in a line. Um, what was... What do you think he means when he says, uh, when James says that experienced players were, uh, it's been too powerful for experienced players? How does it actually get used? I'm not an experienced player, and it didn't feel abusive to me at all. Um, in duel, in duel, I would abuse it a lot. So I would, you would be able to time it so like you strafe jump to the mega health or whatever, and then you can immediately do a 180 or whatever degree and just immediately start moving in the next direction you need to go as fast as possible. So it was really. I found it really easy to abuse to maintain in control. Mm. You can dash from item to item. You could really cut down on um, any uh, loss of speed on your routes, but, but that you might not be able to get rid of. You know, if you mess up in Quake Live or you don't have perfect execution, it would be harder in an older Quake game because you would have to do a lot more. Whereas in this, I just swivel my mouse around and hit a button, and then boom, I'm off. I'm hitting 500 UPS. Yeah, so I did I, that a couple times too. Not very effectively, yeah, so, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so I can I I can see how making it could be making the game faster than they intended. Um, I don't know how they're like I don't know how they're gonna play with it. I guess we'll find out in the future. Um, either way though, I don't think that even if they do nerf the dash mechanic, I don't think it's gonna have other than maybe slowing down the gameplay. It's not gonna have a huge impact. The the thing that would change it the most would be being uh, able to shoot while doing it. right. Because yeah, then um, you can get into all kinds of like cheeky rail peaks that you dash right back exactly. to the wall. Like there's there's a lot of ways I can get exposed. Trying to think if I like that idea or not. I'm not sure if I can until I've experienced it, if I could weigh in on it. What do you think? Um, I think dashing and being able to shoot at the same time is an immediate buffer the defensive player in any situation, whether it's schools oh, right. or um team. And whether or not that's a good thing is entirely subjective. I that's just immediately that's what I think of. That's how I would abuse it, I guess, like off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Rail peaks is the first thing I think of too. And your point about it being a buff towards defensive or passive style play makes total sense. And whenever I hear of a something to but that's going to buff defensive or passive style play, I always I always kind of have an immediate a negative reaction to it because I like a very fast, aggressive, go-forward style of play. Um, yeah, that's the TFC is in us. Yeah. Um, well, in TFC, you, you were so incentivized to be aggressive um, for so many reasons. And, uh, you know, to the point where, like, for me, uh, not dueling, but um, I think the most popular casual mode um, in the beta was Wipeout, which is essentially Diabotical's take on Clan Arena. Um it's a mode where you start off with max health, max weapons, max ammo, max armor, and you just go nuts. And it's it's team versus team, last man standing. The thing Diabotical does is it adds Weebles, which are um, randomly acquired, um, like, kind of effect grenades is a good yeah, way to like think about utility. them. Um, they give you a way for you to heal up um, by sacrificing movement. You have to stand still when you're doing it. And they give a respawn mechanic so that if you're if you're down, you're not out necessarily. But the thing about the mode that I found grating 
is that it cre it created it incentivized such passive and defensive play styles that that me who likes to go hard in the paint every single life I just felt so frustrated the whole time like stop running stop spamming fight me oh uh, yeah wipeout can definitely get especially when respawn timers get really long and people are waiting for other people to spawn yeah wipeout can definitely can definitely have that problem. I think the the more arcadey modes I think will be a better for the instant gratification because there are more arcade modes coming too. So, so what are the other arcadey type modes? Let's talk about those. Well, there's the ones we've already got. I know at some point Capture the Flag will be out with it. There will be you know. I'm excited about that. Yeah, so there there will definitely be more um, instant action kind of modes and wipeout. I don't think wipeout will be. I think wipeout will probably be the most common casual mode, like the most popular, but. I don't think it'll be the only one that gets significant playtime. For me, the standout casual mode was absolutely the Weibo Instagib. Which was really fun. The collecting coins was a great addition to that. Did you play a lot of it? Uh, I didn't play a whole lot of it, but I played I played a fair amount. Yeah, um, I think for me, my favorites were the Weibo Instagib, and um, I also really enjoyed 2v2 arenas. Arenas were hugely popular. Too good... Too good mentioned on his last update stream that uh, the arenas were doing phenomenal and getting a lot of playtime from all kinds of players. And what I like about it is the thing about dueling that I never liked very much is um, I like team play. I love team play. And as, as cool as it is, I, I, I just like being able to bounce off of uh, an ally. Um, and uh, so me and Matt actually loaded up and did, did some 2v2 arenas one night. And um, uh we had a lot of fun. Um, we communicated a lot. I felt like I learned a lot. And uh, we went up against this this duo of uh, who we found, found out were Australian players after the fact um, because uh, we, they were just destroying us, dude. <laughs> it was it was brutal. And then uh, we got lucky and managed to, um, managed to take a game off of them where the very last shot of the round was me hitting a rail at the same time I took a rail. And it killed the other guy, and I was left with one health. Yeah, it was epic. But they um. Oh, those are those are the feel good rounds. Yeah, and it it feels so good because you cooperated to get there. You can share the victory with someone, right? And um. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know. I thought that that was really cool. When Diabotical comes back, whether it's part of the beta or whether it's in retail. I'm actually really excited to kind of recruit some 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 guys to jump into two v twos with me, um, and help carry me because I just need to be carried, you know. <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out pretty quick, Greg. But um, I definitely agree that uh, while dueling is fun and competitive in that way, uh, team modes are definitely m a lot more fun to just do. You know, I've only got an hour. I've only got two hours, whatever the case may be, and um, definitely a lot more fun and free in that regard so i think i think it's a good thing and i think diabolical is focusing a lot more on those kind of feel-good moments than the dual feel-good moment yeah yeah interesting i was interested to hear a too good talking about it um i kind of thought from a pro player i was going to hear a lot of feedback from him being like oh you know well dual is the most important mode like it's the king king big dick mode and everything else is just for the normies but his perspective wasn't anything like that it was more along the lines of Duel's important because Quake people really need it. And because it's where the esports e comes in. It's where there's competition and prize money. But we don't really want your average diabolical player playing Duel because they're not going to have fun. And uh, I thought that was a very, um, a very, um, it sounded like he'd really thought through the problem. And he spent a lot of time in his various beta weekend updates that I watched talking about what modes should be casual, what modes should be ranked, and things like that. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to have a ranked Weibo. I think Weibo is too fucking fun. But A uh, ranked Weibo would definitely <laughs> be fun. Uh, I just like the, um, the kill confirm mechanic with the coins. It adds something to it. And I like the fact that it's not just, uh, it's not just hit scan. Something it adds a lot to it somehow, and the offhand rocket jump with the explosive Weibo. Yeah, it's 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 Weibo instigate is kind of diabolicals, just you know, as an allegory. It's just everything that was kind of a mess about early arena FPS. We have and here you go. Yeah, yeah, it feels very mature as far as game modes go, and that kind of describes the whole game. So we got dueling, 
we got Arena. Arena, which is just like, it's kind of the same rule set as Clan Arena, except with static spawns and it's smaller. It's either one-on-one or two versus two, right? It's significantly faster. Right, right. And and the um the actual physical arenas are very small. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's Rocket Arena, which is just arenas with, with rocket launchers only, which is super fun. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. There's Brawl, which um, I thought when I read the description of it was going to be a team-based deathmatch um, with item pickups and power-ups. But when I actually got into it and played, it seemed like it wasn't team-based at all. It was just um, complete free-for-all deathmatch. Um, Brawl, I think, is supposed to have like multiple teams, like up to like six teams. Like it's supposed to be a two v two v two v two, etc. Right, right. But I, I don't know. Either, <laughs> either I was team killing my teammate the whole time, which is completely possible, or um, the teams weren't implemented. I think it was um a little messier than. It probably should have been yeah. um, on on uh, on release. I think uh, it'll get a lot more refined, but I was definitely a little confused um, playing Brawl as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm hopeful that Brawl becomes good mode because uh, it's nice to just jump in and frag and have power-ups and not have to face completely powered-up, fully ammoed people from the start who have all their railgun and lightning gun ammo and just destroy you. Um, right. I like it. And- it's a little more casual. For sure. And with um, Brawl also, I'm pretty sure that uh, one of the rules is that whatever gun killed you, you spawn. It's, Brawl is meant to be a very yeah. mode, as far as I recall. It's kind of a learning mode, almost. Like, here are all the things yeah. in our game. Go have fun. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Just, like, just go run around. Like, see how you see how you feel. So, modes that we haven't gotten to try yet, that I'm aware of, are CTF and MacGuffin. CTF I get capture the flag you guys each have a flag you go try to steal it and bring it back touch returns etc makes sense can you do you know what MacGuffin is i have no idea i have also not got to play it um that's um one of the big reasons too good told us we weren't going to have alpha access is um MacGuffin is going to be one of the premier competitive team modes for okay. um Dibon. So um, in order to make it so that we as alpha players don't have a ridiculous edge when the game goes into open beta, he yanked our access as well um, to keep the playing field more even. Um, As far as what it is, I have no idea. I've heard speculation. I've heard heard Too Good basically say it's a lot like Sacrifice from Quake Champion. He said he asked all the Quake pros what they want to play for a team mode, and he said Sacrifice is the answer he got the most. Did you summarize what sacrifice is? Sacrifice is like a one flag CTF where you take one well, in sacrifice it's called a soul. So a soul will spawn in the middle of the map. You take the soul to one of two capture points. Whatever one you take it to becomes yours. Or if the enemy takes it to one, you get the opposite. And then from there you attack and defend each capture point. You defend it when you're holding it and your goal is to get to 100% on the scoreboard and it sacrifices and that's how you win. That's why they call it sacrifice. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a uh, constrained by score basically, and you earn points by controlling the flag in your area, which is seems to be flexible depending on the very first movement of the flag. Yeah, pretty much exactly yes. Okay, that sounds fun. I I've never actually played it very much. Does it get much play in Quake Champions? Um, actually, there's a little there's a little scene of diehard people who like to do pickups for it still, pretty much every night, kind of like TFC. Um, it huh. was Sacrifice was the premier Quake Champions team mode for the first year that Quake Champions were, was released in 2017, and the big million dollar tournament they had was mostly for Sacrifice. Um, as far as I'm aware, I didn't play it back then, but a lot of people are very big fans of the game mode itself. And they just weren't a big fan of the execution within uh, Quick Champion. But yeah, the game I... mode itself has gotten rave reviews from a lot of the Quick players I know. So, And cool. I've had quite a bit of fun pugging it, but I've never played it like super competitively. I've never played it in a tournament. Sure. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty fun mode. Um, we do. I do load up Quake every once in a while. Uh, I might have to... Is Sacrifice um, a, que- a queuable mode, or is it only custom games? No, uh, it is queuable. I don't know how long it'll take for you to get um, a game. I right. know a lot of people right. queue, but it is queuable. I might check that out. Um, I have to say, though, talking about um, 
how some people just have problems with Quake Champions. Coming back to it after playing Diabotical, I found that the champion abilities were extremely frustrating. Um, I Yeah, um, going back to something like Diabotical, which is very kind of true to old school arena FPS, where you, you're all on the same um, and then going back to Quake Champions is definitely um, going to be a struggle a lot of people are going to feel. Yeah. So instead of a champion abilities, we do have one thing in Diabotical, which is I know it varies per mode. It's not always there, but it's the, what I mentioned before, the, is it Weebles? It's Weebles, the yeah. The little Weebles. 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 Yep, yep, Weebles. Um, the Weebles are, they're grenades that have different area of effects. There's smoke, there's healing, healing um, in Wipeout you get one every single life and you get a random other one every single life as well, which could be smoke. It could be an attraction grenade that slows people down. Um, what am I missing? Uh, there's the implosion, which slows people or the, the implosion, the explosion, the smoke and the slow. Right. Right. Um, how do you like the weebles? Um, I actually don't know how I feel about the Weebles yet, but I am really curious to see um, Duel's evolution with them because they're on almost every single Duel map. And I feel you like... You pick them up on the ground, um, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can actually pick which Weeble you want as long as it's obviously there to be picked up if your opponent doesn't have it. But, like, there's a lot of maps where you get... There's two or three of them. Casbah has... Casbah has two or three. It's, I can't remember. But anyways, the point is, it's... Depending on how you want to play the map, the Weeble that you want to control might be very different from player to player. So I'm actually really curious. I do not want them to go anywhere, um, but I don't think they've come even close to the potential they have in, to be like in a competitive Yeah. People don't know how to use them yet. They're entirely new yeah, to Quake exactly. Duels. Exactly. I like that. For someone who's look, looking for an entry point to arena shooters... Knowing that there's there's a new mechanic that's going to set longtime Quakers back a little bit and kind of given a more even starting point feels kind of nice. Oh, absolutely! It's it's something you can learn that you know you don't have to have been playing Quake for ten years to immediately understand. It's new to all. So what else is um? So there's the Weebles. There's um the fact that we have no abilities, which is a change from Champions. Um, I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about tournament play for diabolical did you get to play in any diabolical tournaments during the beta uh i did actually i made it to the semifinals of a dual cup on i think the thursday it was private i'm pretty sure it was thursday anyways it was like a weeks ago but i made it to the semifinals i lost by one frag on the oh, very no. last map in that semifinals yeah to a player named sen who's a very good player and then i uh after that's when I got on my Diabotical Dual Grind. I was like, I got to get good. Hell yeah, man. Um, and how was that organized? It was organized really well. It was organized by, I believe, um, The Plays, which is um, an organization that's here on Um They threw a $100 tournament cup. There was actually a really big dual tournament, I think the weekend before, when, it, when Duel was only in custom lobbies that Cypher ended up winning. That was a double elimination $2,000 tournament that I would have Cypher, loved to have played Cypher, that's a name I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cypher, Cypher showed up, and he did Cypher stuff. <laughs> As you do. As he does. That's cool. So I know that one of the more important things when it comes to you know serious competitive games is that there needs to be organizations putting up prize money because that's what attracts people who are trying to make money competing on video games. Is that pretty accurate? Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Money definitely will make a lot of players play that would have otherwise no interest in doing so. The very competitive side. I'm, I'm asking because the last time we spoke, one of the things that you mentioned to me, which surprised me a little bit, but it made sense after I thought about it, was talking about how um, Quake Live um, tournament play dried up once the prize money moved from Quake Live to Quake Champions. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Quake Live essentially died as soon as Quake Champions was released. So is it just um, Bethesda or kind of um, internal uh, prize money that's getting put up for Quake Champions, or are there independently run organizations that are running those? Um, Right now, I don't think there's really any independent or organizations running uh, Quake Champions tournaments at all. Um, okay. uh, a couple of years ago, probably, there were, there were some, but now I'm pretty sure it's exclusively Bethesda. Sure. Financing so, the, at the the Quake Pro League, which is all there really is right now. Right. So once um 
once Diabotical's up and running and is starting to have some of those big money tournaments, what do you think is going to happen to the Quake Pro League? Um, I guess it really depends on how Bethesda wants to treat the game, whether or not they want to try to revitalize it and make it competitive with Diabotical, or if they kind of just want Diabotical to take over that. Oh, this is a great uh, question. What would Quake Champions have to do uh, to compete well, with the Diabotical? Thing with, the thing with Diabotical is, although, um, like we were saying earlier, duels in the game and it's definitely important for old school Quakers, it's not the focus. Yeah. So um, there's not really any direct competition right now because quake champions doesn't offer any competitive team modes really at all right now the last one they had was 2v2 and that uh-huh. was over a year ago it's like a year and a half since the last 2v2 tournament so um they would have to develop a team mode that would garner interest from competitive players over diabolical that's what they would have to do in order to get what diabolical is really going after here because um Duel will always be played by the vets no matter what, but getting a team mode that can draw in people from different kinds of games is really where the money is in Arena FPS, and I think that's uh, what Diabolical would be going for with MacGuffin and Wipeout and more team mode-oriented kind of uh, playing field. Yeah, teams are fun. Um, I've really enjoyed watching what's been going on with the Overwatch League over the last few years. Um, Is that the kind of model that you think team-based um, uh, esports would kind of look like for a Diabotical or a potential Quake Champions team competitive mode? Um, as I don't follow Overwatch super closely, but they went to franchises. I mean, either, honestly. They? Yeah. yeah they, um, they do franchises think... where they're, they're like location-based, kind of like, a, yeah, like, like traditional sports, sports teams. Team. Yeah. I don't think, um, not unless Diabotical got a, an enormous, an absolutely enormous player base. Um, would that be feasible? I think the tournament structure um, would work a lot better for it right now. In the future, that may change, which I would be all for. If we get to the point where we're having it divided up like an actual sport, then by all means. How many players do you think we'd have to get to for that to happen? Any idea? Oh, I mean, it's it, Counter-Strike numbers. Counter-Strike isn't even really set up that way, and Counter-Strike yeah. Has, you know, and Counter Strike's the biggest FPS, competitive FPS on the market right now. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's hard to it's say. Very hard to compete with Counter Strike, um, especially because they've been rolling um, for twenty years. Well, think... they've had they've had Valve sinking money in to go like crazy and making it a very very popular game, both casually and competitively. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's really fascinating to look at Counter Strike and uh, see a game. It's kind of interesting. Um, much like Quake, it hasn't changed fundamentally in terms of its its kind of um, core tenets and main expressions of skill in the last 20 years. Um, I was just struck by that thought. Uh, it's. I think Counter-Strike is just lucky and then it was very popular. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, somebody asked me the other day if there was, if you could trade all the skill you have in this game for skill in another game, what would it be? And oh, great question. Well, it'll always be Counter-Strike because as a competitive FPS player, Counter-Strike really is kind of the grail of where you would want to be. It's where you could by far make the most money being good at first-person Interesting. Huh. That totally makes sense, and that's not something I'd given much thought to. Um, Counter-Strike is not a community I pay a lot of attention to, um, but I completely see what you're saying. So, okay. So tournament play, you mentioned earlier that Overwatch is more of a franchise model um, compared to what we traditionally see for um, team-based competition. What's how does the model? What's the traditional model for team-based competition um, in games like these? Um, in a game like Diabolical, it's generally um, depending. It depends on the tournament organizers and how they want to do it. So there might be some invite slots for the pros, and then from there, there's generally open qualifiers to get into the major tournaments. And then once you qualify, you're there, whether you're a signed pro or not. Um, so with the the franchise model, is really kind of an ex- kind of little an exclusive thing. Uh huh. And it kind of it kind of can edge out a lot of the mid tier players who are trying to get to the pro level but don't really have any. There's no doorways in, so to speak. it's almost as if um st8 titanium was closed off and you can never cl- uh, qualify into it and whoever was in it um le- could never leave i guess you know? so um that's the like thing completely I like separated about, huh. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so I'm I'm hoping that Diabolical, at the very least, you know, like I said, if it gets enormous to the point that it's just a cultural phenomenon, by all means, do franchises at that point. But for right now, I definitely would try to be a lot more inclusive than exclusive as far as people wanting to compete. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for explaining that to me. Um, yeah. So I know that you have been interested for a long time in trying to do, um, you, much like me, um, have a day job and you do this as your passion. Um, I know with the pandemic going around, the people's day job is, is, is a, a bit of a moving target, but um, how do you see Diabotical fitting into your long-term interests of maybe potentially living off of games? Um, I'd have to really prove that I am as good as the number one ranked dueler in Diabot could be and actually win some pretty serious tournaments and make a name for myself. Um, is it doable? It's absolutely doable. It's whether or not I actually do it. But um, as far as making a living from it, I don't know yet. I, I, I would I would love to have that opportunity. I think I've said that before, but yeah. I'm just going to roll with the punches and see kind of what happens. I kind of have, um, because of the pandemic thing going on, I kind of have this month or two gifted to me to where I can have a lot of free time to focus on what I would like to focus on. And so that's actually kind of how I'm spending my time. I'm competing in the Quake Champions Challenger League and staying as sharp as I can to be as competitive as I can when Diabotical returns in the hopes of being able to win some pretty big tournaments. Cool, man. So do you have any tournaments that you've been played in recently or that are coming up? I played in the Challenger League on Saturday, yesterday. Um, How'd that and go? Got a qualif- um, I got top two, which is what I needed to get. So I'm in the Challenger League playoff, which will be Hell in yes. four or five weeks. Yeah, something like that. So I'm going to be one of the 16 players qualified for that. And then um, that's really kind of what I'm focusing on right now. There's rumors of a Quake Live TDM Draft Cup being held at some point that I'll definitely play in. Um provided I have the free time, which I'm sure I will because of Give a team figured out already? Um it's gonna be a draft cup as far as I know. So it'll be Oh draft. Someone will be a yes, captain. I'm dumb. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um if I if it was gonna be a team, I I probably would have a team figured out, yeah. Sure, sure. That sounds cool. And how are you um so you have some weeks between now and those those tournaments. Um how do you actually prepare? How do you practice? I just play a lot. I play a lot, especially when it comes to um, staying sharp. I like to duel a lot just because it keeps the timing really, really good. It keeps your fundamentals super. Yeah. Keep that muscle memory nice and fresh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, primarily, though, I try to just get games with players of my skill level. So I'm not fighting against, you know, um, pub stomping, I guess, for lack of a better word. But how many players in the world do you think there are who are as good at as you as you at this or better oh i mean there's a pretty decent amount i'm a pretty decent dueler but like a worldwide there's probably easily 50 to 100 of us that could all take a game off each other any given so 50 to 100 over in Uh europe yeah yeah Yeah, i I think that the the competitive shooting scene seems to be doing a little bit better in europe than it has been in north america europeans have always just kind of been more open-minded about you know that's kind of that's where Counter Strike took off. That's where Quake One took off. Like Europe's kind of been the the home ground for competitive FPS for a long, especially yeah, from a PC perspective. Right, right. So fifty to hundred of you in the world. Um, I'm just trying to do some mental math and thinking about how many professional gamers some of the larger games like Counter Strike and Overwatch support. I gotta imagine it's higher than a hundred. Oh, for sure, but they have their competitive scene is so much larger that yeah. I mean it would be absurd if it wasn't. Right. I don't know. I'm just I'm thinking to myself, what would it take in terms of let's say Diabotical's future success? Because um, part of it is how good you are, right? Obviously, it's part of it is how good you are. Another part of it is how many opportunities you have in order to bust into being a pro. And I feel like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here the number of, of opportunities you have scales with the success of the game and with the number of, with, and with the amount of prize money that's out there. Yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely a hundred percent agree with that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a lot harder. Like I'm thinking back to, cause, um, very early on in this podcast, you actually, um, described, uh, quick, my quick live doing a semi-pro and the only reason, the only reason I would honestly have a problem with that is like for so much of quick lives life, there were only like 
two LAN tournaments a year. Right. There was realistically there were very few online tournaments, especially on the North American side of things. Like it was it it was really really hard to get um, genuine tournament experience for us pros. I would say it was incredible because the scene was has shrunk so much yeah, at that point. It's just so small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're no stranger to small scenes. Uh, you with your uh, your, your Team Fortress Classic in-house buddies. <laughs> um, this is a bit off topic, but with um, I I I think I'm detecting, and it could be just very short. It could just be you know over and done with by next weekend. But um, recently there's there's been a big database dump where the old community forums for the Team Fortress Classic scene got made public again, and it's bringing a lot of people back. And there seems to be some interest in like I heard someone talking about setting up four v fours, and someone else been like, Nah, screw four v fours, let's do eight v eights. Um, would you and the other in-house guys be open to to uh, bringing more people into what you guys are doing, or uh, are you just pretty happy with your uh, offense versus defense four v fours right now? Um, I think the in-housers would definitely probably be okay with it. I actually really haven't been too into the TFC scene lately, just because I've been playing so much. Um, yeah, right. But an influx of new or not new players, but returning players in the TFC would definitely really really help the community as it is now because it's a very very small community yeah it is super small and uh can i be honest with you though um i jumped in and played a little bit with you guys um i think it was last summer and the impression i got to some extent is that you guys are like maybe kind of happy with people you're playing with now and you're don't really need new people i i don't know like i i was I kind of was expecting a little bit more of a um, of a strong invitation to have returning players come join. Could you uh, is is that impression fair? Do you think? Um, I mean, mostly, yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Um, in house was formed as kind of being the last bastion of genuinely competitive TFC, and a lot of those players, especially kind of myself included, which is probably why I haven't been playing very much. Um, once you lose that kind of edge from the ferocity of your opponents, it kind of becomes more of a chore to play than kind of fun, which yeah. is a big reason that I've kind of tuned out of it because I'm uh -huh. trying to be a very competitive player right now in Quake and Diabolical and everything else and playing something that's as physically taxing as TFC but not nearly as like rewarding for your time put in at this point in time. Yeah, it doesn't uh, go anywhere. There's yeah, no tournaments. There's no scene. Yeah. It's very hard to kind of justify. It's like, okay, I could like just go chill out and save all this energy for a game that has actual tournaments running for it. Right. I don't know. Maybe so the community think, should I pull think, together and do a Catacombs paid tournament. Which I think <laughs> would be nice, which would definitely attract the in-house people, but then everybody else who hasn't spent the last 10 years playing only TFC are going to... Uh, we have to parcel you guys out, make you team captains or something. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we could do a draft tournament and a draft cup like what you were talking about Ooh, that sounds fun i'm gonna have to talk to some people about this idea i like it i mean i think it would it would be fun for a lot of the old school to series to get down on it would definitely you would have to probably do a draft to keep the in-housers from coalescing into one sure sure yeah we don't want you guys just rolling up and dominating you probably put on aliases you know <laughs> just do what you well, gotta do to roll we we played in the australian league and that's what they ended up doing to us they said you guys can't be on a team you have to be separated <laughs> so we quit, uh -huh. we quit playing in the australian league because for that reason sure yeah wow yeah team fortress classic um and not to spend too much time on it but um i love talking about it it's, it's such a fond period of 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 my gamer life um and it's it's always fun to to visit that idea. I, I think that probably there's a little bit of over over optimism in the community when I hear people talking about getting back together and playing again. At the end of the day, TFC when it's played like at the at the scale that it's meant to be played at, like say eight versus eight, is is kind of hard to organize. You need oh, a lot of people chaos. involved. <laughs> it's pure chaos. Yeah, and, and it is chaos. Um, although one of the things about it that I've always thought is that if <laughs> If you can find a way to reduce the size of explosion sprites, it's actually quite spectatable compared to a lot of other games. No, I actually um, would love to do 
like a video or a, a podcast or something where we just kind of go on the in-depths of and have like a visual aid of the maps and how things kind of flow based on flag position. Because I agree with you. I think TFC is one of the most spectatable um, arena FPS-like games to ever exist. And nobody knows. No one knows about it. And, you know, one of the things about TFC that always stands out to me whenever I dip my toes back into it is how good it feels. Yeah, the Gold Source engine is phenomenal, and TOC is probably second to Diabotical only in terms of engine feel. Yeah, I mean, Diabotical feels great, but it's still, to me, it's not as crisp as Gold Source. There's something about it. It's hard to describe. But anyway, that could just be my my nostalgia speaking. Well, it could be, you know, spending 15 years in the same engine. Yeah, that could be it. You know, these days, um, I've actually had the... uh, the pleasure of having the interesting experience of, of playing some other um, kind of team-based shooters online. They're, they're not hyper-competitive. And I'm thinking about Planetside right now. Uh, if you don't know what Planetside is, it's um, if you take the idea of Battlefield, which is like combined arms, infantry, and planes, and tanks, and all that shit, and you scale it up to the point where there are 1,200 people playing at the same time on the same map, that's what Planetside is. And... Um, I've been playing with a group of people who um, I realized look a lot like the demographics that I used to play TFC with. They're high school, college aides. Uh, They are kind of antisocial to a rule and hard to get along with and kind of dicks. Does that, you know, sound familiar to you at all? (laughs) Uh, Sounds like TFC. Yeah. And, you know, it's all good natured. But um, so I, I feel like I've had a chance to experience what it's like to uh be uh, uh, an older adult person um, coming into one of those uh, tfc-like communities um it makes me have a lot of sympathy for some of the older players that used to be in that scene but the point i'm going to make is that um it just um it has outlined the fact to me and the realization that i'm kind of a gaming boomer oh definitely absolutely you're a half-life you're a you're an og half-life player you're about as gaming boomer as gaming boomer I didn't know this about myself until like a couple weeks ago. And I had this thought and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, pretty much if you, if you started gaming in the nineties, late nineties, you know, Half-Life, Quake, Doom, all those were kind of first FPS experiences for you. You're definitely (laughs) a gaming boomer. Oh shit. (laughs) Don't worry. It makes this two of us. I'm a gaming boomer too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't have the patience uh, that some of the, the, the gaming, uh, I don't know, zoomers and gaming millennials do. Or, uh... Oh well, gaming, gaming had like it went through such I I, I want to say clear and distinct shifts, but I'm speaking strictly only for first person shooter because I don't okay. know about the rest of it. it yeah, yeah. You know, the '90s, the '90s were the '90s. That's where Quake was born, Half Life, all that. And then I don't know, right around 2003, 2004, 2005, that's when TFC's first you know wave really died out, and it was that second wave of people like. Uh, I can't even remember his name, Decap, Fatal, and, you know, sure. the, the, the second generous of TFC, as I like to call him. And then from after, I'd say probably 2008, games like that have just always been on the back burner, and it's been this Call of Duty kind of, kind of Counter-Strike, but Counter-Strike's been there yeah. the whole time. But um, uh, less less crazy, more realistic. It's been kind of the, the theme ever since uh, the 90s. Yeah, there was a big trend towards realistic styled games and which led into like a whole milsim tactical kind of leaning for shooters where things really slowed down. Oh, absolutely. Instead instead of bunny hopping, it became about aiming down sights and crouching behind cover and head glitching, stuff like that. Yeah. Times do change, though. Times change. It's awesome seeing Arena making a comeback. Well, Dan, is there anything else about your, uh, you know... um, tournament play or about diabolical that i should be asking you that i haven't um no i feel like honestly we've covered all the the important hallmarks well i for one am excited to see it come out of beta um i imagine it's going to grab quite a lot of my time in 2020 um i can't think of any other game i'm as excited about not even cyberpunk if i'm totally honest because although that's going to be a fun amazing game to play it's going to be a single consumption experience whereas this is just going to be part of my i feel like part of my gaming diet for years to come and I'm excited to see what the what James and his buddies come up with. Oh, absolutely. That makes two of us for sure. Diabolical will be a major part of the gaming diet. And I really want to take you up on your offer to teach me how to duel someday. I don't know when, 
I don't know how I'm going to make the time for it, but I want to try to get good. It's going to be a big job. There will be tears involved. <laughs> it won't be, be uh, pretty. It will It will not be pretty. It'll be a little rough, but when you find the time, you just let me know, and we will we'll get you time and items like nobody's. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Okay, Dan, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Congrats again on finishing beta as the number one ranked dueler. Um, let us know where folks can find you um, if they want to watch you or find out what you're up to. I am on Twitch as uh, Davis, D-A-V-J-S, and I'm on Twitter as Lateral Lulz. Um I would follow the Twitch account if you want to see me in action, and I will be there very shortly. Awesome. I'm Deke. You can find me at Twitter on as Deke Thoughts or on Twitch as Deke TV. Um, this has been really awesome. And uh, yeah, from the basement side basement, uh, that's all we got. Have a good night, man. I'll catch you later. Huh, until then, Greg. Have a good night. Peace.